Okay, everybody, so it's time to buckle up because this is an episode full of just really awesome information. This is super, super, super heavy with just fun and awesome information and facts and just just nerdy, nerdy stuff about healthcare but and self-care. And, you know, really we're talking all things chiropractic with a few things sprinkled in on top of that throughout the episode. But I... At, my chiropractor, Dr. Sean Ostrowski, is very, very intelligent when it comes to everything chiropractic. The guy is super passionate. He, he clearly cares about what he does, but also the care and the results that his patients receive. And I'm a testament to that because I'm a patient myself and I've seen ex, you know really nice results in the short amount of time that I've been um, one of his patients, which has only been a few months at this time. And I was just with talking with him one day and uh, he actually was I saw that he had started a podcast and you know I naturally started talking to him about it and one thing led to another and he agreed to come on my podcast and uh, I just you know it fits right up in there we're both business owners and um, both have you know an entrepreneurial spirit and love for relationships and building you know getting involved in our communities um, but we also, but he also has this just insane insight into chiropractic and holistic care and just all sorts of cool stuff. And we talk about how he got into this, and you know, we talk about the misconceptions of chiropractic, and we talk about frequently asked questions on the web. And if you if you're like me and you love science and health, and you know all these things and the the the, the some of the nitty gritty details that go into it, I don't. Believe me, I'm not well-versed in all of it, but I do love hearing about it, and I love learning more about it. So if you're like me, join me in this episode as we really take a deep dive into some pretty fantastic information, all from Dr. Sean Ostrowski. So, here we go. Here we are beautiful sunny day mm -hmm. couldn't be better got our iced coffees go ahead cheers very masculine there you go. we just clinked our plastic <laughs> cups out here we're at the uh, one of our local coffee shops here in uh, our town of rome georgia and uh thank you for coming on the show thank you so much for having me man i'm excited I'm excited for you this is cool yes i've been loving the podcast this is episode this will be episode seven nice so we're just been cranking them out man just enjoying every minute of it have you been trying to get one a week or how's that so we're doing one every two weeks one every two as weeks. of now i'm releasing one every other tuesday cool. um so and uh, and eventually maybe we'll get to the point to where i'm doing one i'd love to do one a week but that's just probably a lot right now because most of these we're recording in person right yeah, yes yeah, i'm trying to i'm trying to avoid the like virtual meetings and i'm trying to meet with people in different states and different you yeah. know not just local so oh cool uh, so, but I've got one in Michigan I'm going to be recording relatively soon in June. I've done several in Alabama. Um, you know, so we're trying to... We're trying That's awesome. To, yeah, so two weeks is doable for right oh, now. I love the portable setup, too, because it gives you the ability, the freedom to do this, like you said, like that. If I wanted to do that, I'd have to take my whole soundboard, take my yep. whole mic and all that stuff down. It would... This is not terrible. It's just... This is so much, much simpler. Yeah. Well, and, and like, because you have a, your own podcast, mm -hmm. and we've kind of been talking, we both started at a similar time, and yep. um, we've kind of talked a little bit back and forth about, um, you know, different 
tips and tricks and suggestions and this and that about you know how to in, get grow engagement and, te- and tools and technical stuff and which has been which has been interesting but but you know i guess before we get into that like when I, how i met you yeah you know i came in you know i guess back up a little bit i've had i have been a I guess a user. I don't know really uh, uh, of a user. I don't know how my technical brain goes to user, but I don't know what I've. I have been undergoing chiropractic, massage. I've had a little bit of acupuncture in my in my past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are my chiropractor. Yep. And how to be? Yes, and I've seen incredible results work with with you guys, and we can get into that a little bit. But I just wanted to really engage with you for this podcast, just to talk about. Because I know a lot of, not, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say I know a lot about chiropractic, but I know enough about it to be able to pers- convince other people to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, yeah. and but I, so I would love to talk to you about, I wanted to bring you on and just talk to you about chiropractic and why you got into chiropractic and why you're so passionate about it. Because yeah. you're a very passionate man when it comes, you're, you're you know, a very passionate person about chiropractic. And uh, I just wanted to give you a chance to share that with, with yeah. people. So, yeah, I mean, chiropractic for me was one of those things, you know, I'd say almost every person I've ever met that has is a chiropractor or, you know, is studying to become one, um, has had this had this point in their life when they when it's shifted for them. No, no, you do. I'll kind of back up. There are some there are some second generation, third generation chiropractors that have had you know family members who were dads or moms who were chiropractors, and so it's always been something they've done. Those people are awesome, you know. Um, they've been adjusted since birth. You know, I, that was not the case for me. I didn't, I didn't really um, start becoming a chiropractic candidate until I was probably 20 years old, 21 years old. I used to, when I graduated high school, I was about 150 pounds, six foot three. So I was not exactly what what most women were looking for in a guy. And so I noticed that, and when I got to college, I was like, man, I'm not getting very much attention. And so that was, that's what drove me into the gym, which I'm sure it is with every other guy too. But I, I learned how to, I learned how to work out on YouTube. Really, that was where I, I my formal education came from. Watching you know guys and icons that I looked up to, and um, so yeah, I learned a lot. And then I was like, man, I, I found out I could go to school for just what I what I love to do, which is learn about exercise and physiology. And so I did. Um, I kind of bounced around. I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So I'd been pre-med for a while. I thought I wanted to be a doctor, you know, as of most, like, it was like six, I think I saw a stat, like 60% of kids come out as pre-medical students, which is nuts. And they change by like the first two years of school. But that was definitely me. I, I started off pre-med and um, always knew I wanted to help people. Always knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare side of things. And then, um, I mean, really, I, I got into exercise first, right? And so I started studying exercise physiology and loved it. Um, you know, really, really became a passion of mine. It's just learning how to move well, move effectively, move clinically. You know, how do you teach somebody who has issues clinically? You know, like a stroke person, how do you, how do you work with a st- person who's had a stroke who can't use part of their arm or part of their the whole body? How do you teach them how to move effectively? And so there are, there are skills and ways to do that. And I learned all that and I loved it. And I took that about as far as I could. And I did personal training for a long time and I was, I was working out, I was probably working out too hard so I would go through 12 hours a day of, of personal training and I would usually do mine in the very early morning of the day or mine at the very end of the day. And so I was just tired usually and I was, you know, maybe a little bit a little bit beat up by the day and I'd be working out and I wouldn't do as much as I should stretching. I knew all the things I should have been doing, but I wasn't because I was just trying to get it done, right? Yeah. yeah. 
And then I was lifting really, really heavy, heavier than I should have been because at this point I didn't understand the structural points of the spine. I didn't understand discs. I didn't understand nerves and all that, how important it is to keep a healthy spine. And so I was just loading it up, man. Just, I could do the weights. So I figured, why shouldn't I? You know, yeah. a lot of people, I think, and whoever's listening to this, if you're, if you're young or if you're even, you know, if you're not young, but you're lifting and you're working out and you're thinking, man, if I, if I can do more weight, I should do more weight. No, you shouldn't. Just because you can does not mean you should. There's a difference between your central nervous system and your spine being able to withhold weight and your muscles. Your muscles are basically like, if you think about like Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live, that's your muscles. They're stupid. They don't have any understanding of anything. All they know is to contract. They don't know how much weight's on, on the body. All they know is there is a threshold that they eventually are going to be able to hit or they can't hit, right? And so what, what takes care of the rest of it is 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 your central nervous system is your spine is your spinal cord mm -hmm. and so you know i was just doing too much and i blew out my back so i when i say blew out i i ruptured a disc in my in my l5 um vertebrae and that's the disc that goes between my l5 bone and my my sacrum my, my tailbone and it's been an ongoing thing i've had to deal with since since then so that happened when i was about 20 22 years old and uh I kind of nursed it. I went to a chiropractor for it, and they were able to get me remarkably well. I also did physical therapy too, because I realized that a lot of my issues were were mobility related too. My muscles were so bound down, and so I had a really good friend who was a physical therapist that um, that got me back. He's actually in Michigan as well, and uh, his name is Dr. Ryan Vincent, and he owns a Health Quest up there. I went in there. He got me feeling amazing. He gave me a lot of core activation movements I should be doing prior to deadlifting and then squatting. I still do those today. He also stretched out a lot of things I didn't even know existed. Even just kind of, kind of. Uh, well, that's not true. I knew they were there. I wasn't again. Wasn't putting putting attention to them. And uh, so that was my first kind of in, my first experience with chiropractic and. I was like, great, got me back to where I wanted to go. I, I realized that from then, if I ever had issues, I didn't just deal with them anymore. You know, I, that, was a, that was my first understanding with chiropractic. Like, hey, I don't have to hurt all the time. That's crazy. And so I started going back to the chiropractor. Anytime I would have aches, pains, I would work out, you know, a couple days. I would, within a week, two weeks, I would be going probably once every two weeks and I was getting adjusted. And it, I realized it was just giving me so much better sleep, so much better um, muscle capacity. I wasn't, I wasn't aching and, and sore all the time. And so that was when I was like, all right, well, this, there's something to this. This person told me, man, you would be really good at chiropractic if you ever wanted to jump into that space because we talked a lot. And he's like, you understand the anatomy really well. You understand movement really well. You can bring that into chiropractic. You'll be unstoppable, right? And I'm like, wow, you know, I've never heard anybody tell me that. And he goes, well, I, I asked him, how much is it to go back? He goes, well, roughly, you know, $150,000 just for the schooling. And then you have most times you can't work because it's 40 hours a week that you're going to school. And so I'm like, okay, how do you even, how do you even comprehend two hundred some thousand dollars that you're gonna have to go back to school for? I already have fifty thousand in debt, so I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. So I kind of stifled that dream right then, and then a couple more months. I mean, I think it was just like God putting chiropractic in my path, and so I eventually, you know, just took the leap. Yeah. And I went after it, and um, that's that's pretty much it. I, yeah. I, I realized it was when I got to school, I, I thought I wanted to be one of these chiropractors that that took care of people, kind of like a physical therapist did. You know, did all the muscle work, all the sports stuff, you know, all that. And I, as you see in my office, we don't do a ton of that. We do some of it, but really I, I got there and realized that I was in the absolute perfect place for me for all the wrong reasons, mm -hmm. right? I thought I was going to 
you know, I guess, I guess I saw myself being a completely different type of practitioner, but when I got there, I realized, wow, the adjustment is enough. Like yeah. adjusting someone's spine, the kind of change that happens is so pivotal yeah. that it, it, you don't need anything more. Now you want to add stretches, you want to do that stuff. That's great. It's all going to be supplemental, but you can't, there's nothing else like, like resetting someone's nervous system the way you can with an adjustment. And, you know, I notice I'm not saying with a crack or a pop because they're very different, but I fell in love with the idea of I can, I can quite literally change someone's current state with one adjustment by putting my hands on someone. I don't need any tools. I can do it, you know, and that was just so cool. And so I, I dove more into this precision-based chiropractic approach, not just slamming on people to make noise, yeah. but I, I became obsessed with getting good at at delivering the best adjustment possible. And, you know, when I was going through school, a lot of my friends and peers were just going to these weekend seminars, learning how to make noise in someone's spine, yeah. crack their neck. And I'm like, man, if I can learn chiropractic in a weekend, then why is it special? Like, what about chiropractic is so great if I could just go to a weekend seminar? I said, no, there's gotta be something more to this. There's gotta be something deeper. And I found a technique called Gonstead, which is so much more than just the adjustment. A lot of Gonstead practitioners think that unless you're doing adjustments in a chair and unless you're using a knee chest table and unless you're using, you know, side posture or whatever, you're not doing Gonstead. And I'm like, it's really so much more than that. It's a way of how you look at someone's spine. It's, a, it's an approach to the spine. And that's what we do in our office. It's about finding the, the, the primary areas that are causing your spinal hygiene to decay finding the primary stuck areas in your spine that need motion in a more natural way. And that's what we highlight and that's what we precision point. So if you think about most chiropractors are, are kind of like a shotgun approach. They're just, they're just a spray at, at someone's body, trying to crack everything they can. Hopefully that fixes it. Whereas in our office, our goal is to be more of like a sniper rifle. I'm going to hit these specific regions and because we do that, you're going to get better. And that's what I'm obsessed with is the body is self-healing if you remove that which gets in the way of that healing process. But what gets in the way? It was all kinds of things. Our diet, our physical traumas that we add in, whether those are big traumas or repetitive traumas, like our work, you know, our postures, our sleep, our habits, right? Those repetitive postures are usually the biggest ones. But then you talk about, like I said, toxins, what you put into your body. How many of us just eat crap, just toxic waste going into our bodies? Like what we're drinking right now. Realistically, the coffee itself is all right, but the cream and everything in here, no offense to the local coffee shop, but it's probably not good for us, right? It's <laughs> so it's just if we, when you think about all the things that you're dumping into your body, your nervous system has to has to integrate that, has to figure it out, make yeah. sense of it, process it, right? We take that for granted, and then on top of that, your mental state, so your emotions, yeah. your thoughts. People people don't really realize how powerful your thoughts are. If you think you're sick, you are going to be sick. If you think you're getting well, which is we talked about how you've had awesome experiences with acupuncture, chiropractic, and massage, that's because you have a, you have a you have a holistic mindset. So for me, what drove me to chiropractic, massage, and acupuncture, you know, years ago was the idea of this um, of hitting, not focusing on the symptoms. And we talked about this on the way over here, but mm -hmm. you know, because a, a lot of modern medicine and, and big pharma, specifically, like the powers that be in the healthcare space are highly incentivized for people to spend money on medicines and, and you know, and yeah. there's all sorts, and I don't want to get too deep into that because we could have, we could talk two hours about all that. Yeah. But I just, I'm like, 
And realistically, I think it's something I don't want to cut you off. I think no, it's realistically fine. someone something that's that people have to make their own mind up about. Correct. I could beat my head up against the wall and tell you all the reasons why pharmaceuticals are bad for you, but at the end of the day, they do have their place. But what we need to start understanding is that our medical system is beautiful the way it is, but it's not a healthcare system. We need to stop treating it that way. Most most doctors and, and physicians assistants and nurses, they go they don't go to work trying to poison you or hurt you right but they go to work trying to help and so i want to make sure when we have this this section of the conversation i'm not attacking any healthcare professional i think they put their shoes on they put their scrubs on and they wear their heart the same way i do every single day some days are good because they can't help that they can help a lot of people and it's thank it's a thankful job sometimes but it's also a thankless job sometimes and they get pinned as the enemy i think at the end of the day they're all here to help however we're asking too much of them sick yeah. care they are disease management they are not supposed to be giving you health that comes from within that comes from your choices that is a great point yes and then definitely by no means do we want to you know insult anyone in the healthcare space for sure um but for me specifically i just i when i really with massage chiropractic i was really drawn to the fact that it is oh oh yeah if i have pain i don't want to solve it with with acetaminophen or you know whatever yeah. you know painkillers or whatever it may be i'm like well yes that'll that solves the problem temporarily but then you have a headache the next day or you you know if it's, I, i've had optical migraines in my in my past i've had lots of headaches not a ton of them but enough to wear in a lot in some kind of in like some issues with mobility and i'm like this i was more focused on just you know kickstarting the body to do what it was designed to do mm -hmm. which is to heal itself and to to be a fluid you know well-oiled machine you know, and I'm like, bodies have been around much longer than pharmaceuticals. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of what really drove me to it is like I wanted to tap into that, trying to hit the source, um, you know, with working with massage and working with chiropractic and how those go together and how, the, you know, learning about how muscles, if your muscles are jacked up, that's going to throw your bolt, your your joints and your, 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 your all that stuff out of alignment. Yeah. So it's like. You kind of do all that plus, like you said, the independent stretching and exercise and being careful about, you know, what you put in your body. And so all that just really just resonated with me several years ago, and um, which is the main reason I wanted to have you on. Because, I mean, there's a lot of questions about chiropractic. I mean, I'm not a, by no means am I a healthcare professional, chiropractic expert or, you know, but I, but from a person who, who utilizes these things regularly yeah i would i just want other people to kind of hear this and kind of from my perspective someone who at one point didn't know anything about this to probably five years ago to now really seeing fantastic results from it because i mean my neck because i when i'm holding the camera and i'm shooting weddings and things like that i have to contort myself in these just bizarre ways that most people don't have to to try to get the right shot uh, yeah. and i'm holding heavy objects with in in you know my camera rig in different positions that for long extended periods of time and i'm like so chiropractic has been incredible for my mobility and my neck uh, movement from left to right my headaches have gone away i had um and i had like a issue in my back that was solved within a couple adjustments um and the one thing that really blew me away that i didn't even know about until i started coming to you guys was i've always had an issue or at least in my adult life for as long as i can remember my sense of smell has always been pretty diminished mm -hmm. and i never really thought much about it um but i guess about a month into my treatment with you mm -hmm. i could start i could start like would go into the coffee shop 
and I could smell things that I had not smelled before. I started oh, tasting wild. things differently. Definitely. And I asked you about it. I said, is this a coincidence or is there something to this? And you guys explained to me, I can't remember exactly what you said, but that, yes, that is actually something yeah. that uh, could be, you know, and that just was mind-blowing to me. Well, that's a, well. first of all, that's really cool. And I think those are some of the, those are some of the things that I try not to, I try not to dive too deep into in terms of like trying to understand why. Now I know there is the vagus nerve. I know there are nerves in your neck and that, that connect to your nose, your cranial nerves that connect, you know, your, your olfactory senses, which is your, your smell. And I know that when your smell gets better, your taste is gonna be better. So I understand the anatomy behind it, but I just don't care to really wonder why that one adjustment did it. You know, it's just, it, it's just cool to let it be, be what yeah. it is, you know? And um, it is really, 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 uh, a fun part of my job that I get to do. I, I, had a, I had a kid that was under care for a little while, I won't say his name, but his mom brought him in for bedwetting. And he was probably 11 years old at the time. Um, he was peeing the bed every single day. And now he was, in, he was in band and he was wanting to go and participate in these trips, these band camps and things like that. Well, wasn't really doing those to, as far as I was explained to me, you, they weren't doing those things for him because he would pee and so they didn't want him to be embarrassed. Well, his mom brought him in and said, hey, you know, he's having these mid-back issues because he plays a big instrument. And his mid-back was getting pretty beat up, too. She goes, can you help that? And I said, of course. And she said, but he also has this problem going on. Can you help that? The, the bedwetting. I said, well, let me, let me address that head on. I'm not adjusting him to improve his bedwetting. I will adjust where I find interference in his nervous system's ability to regulate, right? Um, cause it goes back to that thing. Like I'm just a vessel. I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's just really a unique, like God picture too. that, you know, God built us in a miraculous way. At least that's my belief. Well, and I, I think, and this is me, but I do know that there are, one of the things I tell people is there are a lot of, we'll kind of touch on this later, but there, I always tell people, I mean, be careful, you know, because there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of chiropractors out there that, that aren't into the precision based, scientific based care that you are and that's one of the things that about your practice that really i had never experienced before was the level of you took x-rays you showed me comparisons before and after my first three month stretch yeah i mean the scientific nature of what you did and how you explained everything in the i'd never experienced that before so it blew me away which was another reason i want to talk to you specifically because the, what was the the is it the the, the method you use it's the one that's precision based gonstead gonstead i've heard you're the third chiropractor I've, I've heard bring that up. And I've been to chiropractors that they will just, they just go everywhere and just, you, you hear the noises, you hear the pops and, you know, maybe it's effective, but it, you know, I think a lot of that can, is to I think sometimes, not in all cases, but I think sometimes they do that because the person who's paying them wants to hear the, the noises mm -hmm. to feel like things are happening. And, you know, maybe there's some success there, but I find with the, the Gonstead, with you guys, and um, I've had one of the chiropractors that did that before, and I found that to be extra, extraordinarily effective, and I admire that. I appreciate it because it is targeted. It's not a shotgun approach like you talked about. Yeah. So I would recommend personally, just from a patient standpoint, when, yeah, you have to. when you're looking for a chiropractor, no matter where you are, to really to think about looking into chiropractors that do use the Gonstead method. Yep. I'm saying I, that right, correct? Yeah, I love the Gonstead method. I think, again, this comes down to that. First of all, I appreciate that we've educated well, and now you now you understand that you can become, you know, a, a sound box. I think, I think that's what anything, anything you do in, in, in any industry, you should always make your product, in this case, it's chiropractic, 
as as easily digestible but also make sure that they and that person understands that hey you should try this place because this is how they do it now gonstead is one awesome way to get at that really precise approach however there is a lot of really good there are a lot of really good chiropractors out there that don't do gonstead but they still have a really a really important word at their heart which i think everybody needs to think about in terms of anything you do in life is they have a lot of intention oh Intentionality is really important. If you go into that room wanting to just get that person in and out, make noise in their spine, and get them and and get them on their way, then then you're gonna you're not gonna help very many people. Well, you might, but you're gonna you're gonna not feel very fulfilled. I think I've been there. I know I know what it looks like. And so, what's important is you go into that room with intentionality every single time. Um, And that's why I think even though we do we do our Gonstead analysis, we adjust sometimes different than how Gonstead said you said you were supposed to but i always feel like because the intention is there the intention of trying to correct primary segments and trying to change what needs to be changed and really looking at the body from from this standpoint of biomechanics and figuring out okay where's the structural weak link when you can identify that and then you also look at gonstead was one of the first guys of his time he was the first functional medicine doctor i swear he took a lot of the Eastern medicine approach and started applying it in his in his practice, doing blood work and working with people on things they should be putting in their in their their supplementation and turn into their body. He started looking at how you can look at the mental state too. So what was so cool about Gonset in, in a sense was that he was one of the first guys to start looking at the 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 the, 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 the triquedrum tri- of of trauma. How do you create these diseases in your body? How do you create interference in the nervous system? Well, we talked about it, thoughts traumas and toxins he was the first guy to start addressing all three huh. and this was back in the in the 60s and four i'm sorry the 30s wow. so back then he was charging one dollar an adjustment you know but he had a whole blood work he had a whole lab in his in his clinic so you think about the intentionality there is what's important and we're trying to start doing blood testing and things like that in our, our office too to start helping people on the weight loss side of things to help with their the toxin yeah so the next thing i wanted to really talk about and this is kind of more kind of a fun conversation because I know there's a lot of misconceptions. I hear a lot of misconceptions about chiropractic. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of address some of those. Like one of the ones that I hear a lot is that chiropractic is once you start going, you're, you're, you become, you, your body becomes dependent on it. You become addicted to it. And you, it's like, and, and it's like, well, you know, I, I have thoughts on that. But from, from a professional, well, how do you respond to that? Yeah. I mean, I think you to say, you know, well, that's how, how can I back into this? So first of all, it's the best addiction I would like to have. Yeah. You know, if I, I become addicted to feeling good, then great. Yeah. But you know, people become addicted to not being in pain, which is the reason why opioid overdose is the leading cause of um, foster care right now. Did you know that most, I don't know if you knew that, but that's the leading cause. Painkillers are the leading cause for why children are being orphaned in America right really? now. Really? So let's flip it on us here. You know, why are we still having pain management clinics on every corner, right? You get addicted to that crap and we know it, but we still do it. Chiropractic, if you're, if you're getting addicted to it or if you're becoming dependent on it, it's only, it's not a true dependence. It's a, I'm feeling really, really good. We went back to my conversation where I used to work out all the time. I'd spend four, I'd spend five out of seven days probably at some level of discomfort or have some joint that would give me kind of like a lockup or I had like a pinch or whatever. And I just lived like that. And then I started getting adjusted and realizing I didn't have to live like that. And I'm like, why would I ever want to go back? 
Yeah. And so I think most people just start your your body, your 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 innate or your your inner intelligence understands that you're feeling good and it and it says, Give me more of that. So when I adjust somebody, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hopefully putting an input into the brain that tells the brain, Hey, we need movement right here. Well now movement is restored. Especially after you do it over a over a consistent amount of time. You keep reminding and re educating and remolding the the brain's idea of where the spine belongs in space so we're creating a concept called neuroplasticity that's how anything is is learned right that's why you do 35 math problems when you get home from school because that 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 consistency is how you retrain the brain how you train the brain to learn that concept that's why you shoot a bunch of free throws because if you do that regularly now the muscles just know where they're supposed to go and that's how the chiropractic works as well i'm not actually snapping people's bones and back in place I'm constantly re-educating the spine through consistent change, right? Now, when you get to that point where you're two, three months into care or one month into care and your body's used to feeling good and being in a normal state, you've just found a way to, to not have to be hurting all the time. So if you want to call it dependence, I, I wouldn't call it dependence. I would just say you become more aware now when your body is out of that, no, that normal natural and you want it, be, you want it back. And so that's where people become, it's quote unquote dependent. It's not a true dependence. It's just your body doesn't need chiropractic to be, to survive, but you've, you've now realized how much better you can feel. So why would you ever want to not be good again? Yeah. Right. That, that's, that's how I usually address that one. Well, I love it. I would say, I love that. And I love that. I love that. I'm going to definitely use that. Cause I've had people, when I advocate for chiropractic in conversations, that is something I hear. And I, I used to think that too. Yeah. And I, I kind of. It just and nowhere near is fine. So now I need it. That's not, yeah, that's not and true. I've I've not as eloquently, but that's basically what I try to tell people. But I will definitely reference this conversation in the future for sure. And like, kind of on the same vein as misconceptions, but like from your expect from your experience, like what are the biggest things? Like I call them eyebrow poppers. You know, what are the things that you like? Maybe the top one or two things that when you tell your patients or results that your patients experience. Like for me, it was the smell or just being able to move my neck more, you mm-hmm. know, what are the biggest eyebrow poppers? Like when you tell somebody, they're like, oh, wow, you know, their eyebrows shoot up. Um, I think, I think the idea that your nervous system is connected to a lot of other things outside of just like, the, I would say that your pain is linked to a lot of your physiological issues is usually one that raises some eyebrows in the room. Um, when I tell somebody that, hey, you know how you're having constipation and diarrhea? Well, part of it might be because you're pumping your body full of NSAIDs all the time and acetaminophen, which would cause that. But another big part of it is it only takes, we've done, we've done research at the University of Colorado um, that's, and it's probably been updated since then, but first time I read the research was by that particular place. And they found out that it only takes the weight of a dime to decrease a nerve's ability to transmit signals from the brain by 60%. Wow. So I'll say that again, a dime can cause 60% reduction. So that means, and, and what we found is that the weight of a dime doesn't cause pain. So you can be walking around with nerve interference all the time without having a single symptom. Hmm. But yet you could only be functioning at 40% of what normal is. Wow. That's a, that blew my mind for a while, but then you start realizing it's like, yeah, just because your spine is not in pain doesn't mean it's healthy. My dentist talks about this too. I was telling him, I don't want to get a filling. He goes, all right, we don't have to do a filling. I'm like, we don't? He goes, no, 
but in a couple in a year or so you're gonna have to get a, a root canal I'm like, okay we'll do the filling you know do you want to let the cavity get bad enough where it causes pain because the cavity isn't hurt at first either that's true man you know and and um that's, that, that's important, but I see it all the time. The same low back pain that you have, the same nerves that cause your low back pain, radiate down your legs, those same nerves swing around to your abdominal um, wall. They talk to your abdominal organs. They talk, I'm sorry, they talk to your bladder. They talk to your reproductive organs. They talk to your digestive organs. So if you're having pain, you are going to have functional loss at some capacity. But we don't, we, we don't have functional loss like this. It's not like your body is so beautifully made that it figures out pathways to get around that, that nerve loss. Huh. It'll grow new nerves. And so you, you might live with it for a long time before you actually start to see a change. And then even then it happens so subtly that everybody thinks it's just old age. You know, it's just not true. And we, we, we think we're programmed to believe, if you think back to when you started learning anything in life, you're programmed to believe that when you get old, you start to die. You start to get sick, you start to have all these problems. And it's not true. You hear these old people say, oh, don't get old. I'm like, okay, I don't plan to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, eventually my body will give out, but I yeah. want to live with vitality. I want to move well. And so I heard someone say that your bodies don't rust away or they don't wear away. They, they, they rust away. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't wear out. They rust out kind of mentality. Yeah. But that's very interesting. That definitely raised my eyebrow there. That um, That's a really cool, I, I, don't know if you, I don't know if you put the pieces together and why what that means, but rust is an oxidative process yeah pretty much right? yeah so the same thing that gives you life that gives you oxygen to your to your tissues is also what what literally brings you back to dust yeah right we're all decomposing because of oxygen yeah i mean and it said I, when i heard that that was years ago that was an eyebrow razor for me but what you said is interesting is just because you're not in pain doesn't mean you're healthy that's why kids should and adjust it what an amazing concept and that's so so true and you may not pay for it now and that's kind of like with me with all this is i'm not a person who's generally in a lot of pain right i have had some lack of mobility and i've had a couple of things that are slightly painful like maybe a uh a less than a one out of ten mm-hmm. you know very but i know for me i'm looking at this from down the road when i'm you know in my 50s and my 60s I'm trying to prepare for that. This, I'm, I'm basically the way I look at all this is like I'm, I'm investing in my um, retirement. It's almost like it's like Heck yeah, you you want to invest your your financial retirement, but also you want your body to be when you do retire. You want your body to be invested in so that way when you have the time and you have this money that you can spend it, you can enjoy life, you can travel, you can Heck yeah, play sports and you know whatever, shoot the hoops, whatever it is you want to do, play tennis. Yeah. So for me, I'm not in pain. But that's what I'm doing it for is for the long haul, for, yeah. for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And, the, you know, but um, I get uh, one of my favorite people right now is Ed Milet. He's a great he's a podcaster. He's a he's an author. He's a he's a speaker, self-help. He's not like your Brad Lee's and your Joe Rogan's. These guys that are in your face kind of he's like kind of just a get up and take charge of your life kind of a speaker it's not even just motivation it's like it's like self-improvement it's tactical it's things you should be looking for and how to live your life to be happy right if you want to make a lot of money great do these things if you want to be happy in life great do these things it's like you can have all of it it's just a matter of being intentional right and what he talks about is what you were basically getting to reminded me of you can either credit the account or you can debit the account of life right you can you can you can add to the ending goal, which is to be happy, healthy, you know, wealthy, or you can take away from it. And okay. I'm thinking about every choice you make is either crediting, giving to, 
we're debiting. Getting up at 4 a.m. to read the Bible for an hour. Getting up and, or instead of spending an hour watching TV, read a book that's going to expand your mind and give you more tools. You know, record a podcast. You know, spend time walking around outside. Have a conversation with people. Build build relationships. Oh, yes. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. You know, get in the gym and work out and sweat, you know. But again, think about this. A lot of guys are in the gym right now. A lot of young kids are in the gym beating the crap out of their bodies. And they think they're crediting the account, but they're debiting it because you're going to do what I did. And when you're 18, you don't want to listen. My dad used to tell me all the time, you're going to hurt yourself. And I didn't realize that when at 18 years old, I wasn't invincible. And I was actually debiting my account every single day. I put that squat bar on my back thinking I was doing something good for myself. So now when I'm in my gym, I have my garage gym at the house. What I love about that is it's me. I'm not competing with anybody else. I'm not looking at any, someone else who's in way better shape or... You know, sometimes even looking at that girl who's squatting really heavy, it makes me think, okay, she's squatting 200. I should be doing 300. No. Start looking at who do you want to be when you're 70 and how are you going to start taking steps to make sure your body can hold up? If you're beating the crap out of it in the gym doing too much weight, you're not going to get there. So looking at your health and fitness differently is really important. And guys who are intelligent, mostly, you know, dentists, doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, they don't work out like idiots. They work out intelligently with yeah. a goal, with an end goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and that's so critical. I mean, when anything that comes to the body, if you're doing stuff, you're, if you're, I mean, to me, you really should, you don't want to do anything blindly when it comes to the, the body growth or, you know, you know, rigorous activity. It's just, so I'm glad you said that because that's, I think that's something that everybody should definitely yeah. Take into account. But in uh, relationships, we talked about relationships. Another thing is they did a study. There's a psychologist. Uh, his name is blanking on me, but they did. A, he's a psychologist. They did a longitudinal study and they wanted to figure out what makes people truly happy. What is it that makes people? I kind of already gave the, the answer away, but they, they studied people that are bajillionaires. Right. Try, you know, trillion bajillionaires. Right. They, they're not the happiest. People that are even very faith oriented aren't the happiest. People that have really good fitness um, endeavors and are very healthy. Olympic Olympic athletes. They're not the ha- they're not the happiest. They took people. They found out that people that had good relationships, strong relationships, a strong partner, even people that didn't have a, a wife or a husband. It wasn't the people that were married that had that most happiness either. So just to sound alarm, your marriages aren't always healthy or happy. But it's people that had good, solid relationships that they could count on in their life. Those are the people that were the happiest because that's that's how God designed us to be relational. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what I mean. That's the reason, the primary reason that I'm doing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's just a reflection of that is my number one thing. That's what I tell people when I talk to people come to me, you know, I mean, not a lot of people, but if somebody comes to me for advice, professional advice or personal advice, the number one thing on how to be a successful person is relationships. The number one thing to have a successful, to be a successful professional relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and and not just knowing people, but having quality, wholesome, legitimate relationships with people that you can call up and talk to and sit down with and, you know, just talk about life with no no ulterior motive. You're not trying to get anything from these people. You just genuinely want to grow and live life with people. Yeah. And I've done it both ways. You know, like I think we all should be trying to do better, but like. Even things with, you know, there's someone over here sitting from the chamber, so it made me think of it. 
when you think about going to like events with a chamber of commerce, specifically in this town, sometimes they can be a little bit like, what am I doing that for? You know, I'm gonna see the same people over and over again. How am I gonna really benefit from it? Notice I said, how am I gonna benefit from it? How is the business gonna benefit from it? Yeah. Maybe it won't, maybe it won't today, but I think about you're sowing a seed in someone else in that community that maybe just needs to talk to someone. Maybe if you go there with a good heart and a good mindset, now that I'm making myself a little bit less necessary in the office, I can steal away a little bit of time and get back in the community like I did when I built this this business, this this practice, because I was so pumped about just learning about people and meeting yeah. people, and and I can start doing that again. Yeah. And just, and just like you said, getting, getting down to like generating a relationship because they're gonna think of me when they think of me. They might already have a chiropractor right now. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. They just don't really want chiropractic at the moment. Maybe it's not even on the radar. But when it does become on the radar. They're going to think, man, I had that really good conversation with that guy. He was actually really cool, really nice. That's who I want to give my business to. Yeah. And again, I've heard it said this way, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. I don't love that because I think it just makes it all sound like every relationship you're you're making should have some sort of background yeah. incentive for you, which really isn't true. I mean, yeah, I just, I mean, for me, you know, yes, we all need money. We all need profit. We all need to, to keep the lights on. Yes, that's so overrated, though. We can't deny that's the case but to me my, my my worth and my value comes from like i said those relationships so when he, when I go, I go to a ton of networking events i'm constantly meeting people networking never in my mind do i talk if i'm talking to a person i'm never thinking what can i get from this person i am and that's awesome i am focused like when i go to the chamber like i and you mentioned that i'll go to the chamber i will talk to the if i go to the ribbon cuttings i will say what can I do for you guys? Is there anything, is there any quick wins? Like, can I find you on social media? I'll like your pages if you oh, have man. any kind of events. And I don't care if I make money or not. And I feel like I have found a lot of success in that because people notice that. And again, I'm not doing that to be for a profit, but I have found that when people in your community see that and they know that, hey, this guy's genuinely interested in my story and you know my initiatives, my endeavors, and show up to their events and like their page, share their content. And if you do that, you're yeah. going to find success. Yeah, you're, you're you know, over time. It's, and and some, I mean, I'm also in a group called BNI, Business Networking International. Mm -hmm. And one of the the two things they talk about is givers gain. You yep. know what yep, you get. Yep. You what you know. You're not there to get. You're there to give. And the more you give, statistically, the more you're going to gain. Mm -hmm. And also that networking is in, in, is is a is a farming not a hunting yeah. tactic. Yeah. You know, relationships are planting the seeds and planting the crops and then Exactly. And then but whereas hunting, a lot of people think, oh, I gotta call this person and say these these statistics and numbers and they're gonna pay me. They're gonna give they're gonna buy my product. And that works sometimes, you know, but um, cold calling's not completely You're speaking the currency, basically, I think when you do things like what you're saying like that is so first of all i'm going to steal that because I, that's something I, I don't i think to myself how can i actually help this person by going to their event Man, that, that's such a great idea just hey can i what, what's your what's your instagram what's your facebook can i yes. go and follow you because you know what that what does it do it doesn't 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 hurt me to go and follow them but what it does is it helps them in a way that they really want right because yeah. when you're having a, a an event like that your number one thought is how are we going to get first of all you're opening up a, a new business usually and you're thinking about how are we going to generate a following how are we going to generate more customers more business so if you can do something that simple to say, hey, you know, how can I, can I, can I check in? Just check in and say, hey, at this, it's such a simple thing that, that it does so much for that person. And yeah. so, you know, it's the same thing I'm, I'm crying out for from my practice members. 
check in, share your experience, all that kind of stuff. And it's hard to do that sometimes for, for people to do it and they don't want to, but you know, if I'm asking for it, then obviously why shouldn't I do it for someone else? Yeah. And like, even with your business, I mean, as soon as I came in and started being, you know, became a customer or a patient, um, you know, I liked you guys on social. You asked me to, you know, yeah. could you, would you get on camera and talk about your experience? Yeah. And I jumped on it yeah. because that's how I genuinely want to help people in other businesses. But this is a whole other conversation and, and we could, we could dive really deep into that. Um, but we're, we're getting here pretty much close to time. Sure. So, and there's so much we could talk about. And again, I, I would love to have you back on yeah. in the future and we can talk more about the business side as yeah. just take out the medical or the, yeah. the, the, the healthcare side and just talk about business ownership. Yeah, and that's, you know? that's a really true passion of mine. It's not just the, the making money aspect, but it's the, there's so many people and don't, and again, I want to be clear, I'm not an expert either when it comes to business, but I'm further ahead than someone, right? And so I think we started talking about something earlier I think you started bringing it up, but you're, you're unique. You're uniquely qualified to help someone who was you previously or, or who you previously were. Yeah. Right, when you talk about addiction and things like that or hurting yourself, I think that's what's cool about, about chiropractic. And, and even like what you're talking about, the bank owners and things like that, people you've, you've interviewed, they all have this, this unique, you know, kind of wanting to pass down the torch or, or this unique ability to relate really closely to their, to whoever their customer is. That's something called compassion, but it helps when you can directly put yourself in those shoes. And I think that's what makes me a good chiropractor, but it also makes me a good business coach for people in the future. And it's my new, my new endeavor I'm getting into is trying to teach other students how to build a successful practice out of school. You know, I don't, I don't brag too much about the money, but we were profitable in our first day. We could have paid our rent and paid for almost all of our all of our utilities in the first day. Now we've added to our bottom line a little bit as we've gone in terms of expenses, but we were profitable by quite a bit in our first week. We were way more profitable than most people are in our first month. Matter of fact, our accountant thought there was a mistake. He didn't realize that we were we were so profitable so early. And it doesn't not it's not because oh we're making all this money. We communicated well. We did a lot of work trying to get out in the community, but a lot of people don't do that. My, my accountant said, yeah, you're probably not going to be profitable for the first six months. I'm like, what? Why would I want to do that? I mean, that's so stupid. So flipping that on its, on its ear and doing exactly what you're talking about, getting out in the community and building relationships, that's how you build your business. That's how you do it. You get out, you move to where you're going to move. If you're going to live in Rome, move to Rome and get there for six months and you start working the community. You be a part of things. You start building a genuine relationships for the right reasons. Yeah, but that, that's, that's, my, that's my biggest thing to tell, tell students is like, hey, if you want to build your business, it has to be from the from the relational standpoint. You can get out there and start doing Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff, but you know, well, that'll get you somewhere. But ultimately, yeah. I think I think that's my biggest passion right now is trying to teach people how to do what I've done. And I'm uniquely equipped to teach chiropractic students or physical therapy students or medical students how to do this because I know what it's like to come out of school with literally zero credit, with with no money, broke, with a poverty mindset. Most people do and and needing to get money for funding and all that stuff. I know what that all feels like. Mm -hmm. And to build something like we've done has been nothing short of a blessing, you know? Um, well, I love that. I mean, and, and like you said, if you are going at, the, if you are going at it with the, for the wrong reasons in terms of building relationships and community involvement, people will tell it's, yeah. it's you can't, you know, you can't hide it. I mean, people can tell, they can fish out. Oh, you're just doing pretty quickly if you're in it for the wrong reason but but even with my podcast man my, my whole goal is to I, I, I like to talk about the things that i talk about with my guests 
same thing you're doing. So I just want I want to benefit everybody that's listening. I love I love helping people, and so I love knowing that something that someone else is sharing is going to uniquely resonate with some someone or some people out there that I couldn't have I couldn't have impacted. You know, and when I share my own stuff, it's great. I can impact some people, but um, I don't know, man. I just really like I really like helping people, and I think that's just one of those ways that I can I can definitely do it. The podcast is one way you can serve people, but. That's why I want to help students is get them to the point where they can have success. They don't have to go work for someone. You don't have to go work for someone. Yeah. You can, you can get out and live your life, live your live your freedom. Well, very cool. Well, anyway. well, so how would people, I know you've talked about the podcast and I'll, I can put a link to it in the show notes, sure. but how would people find your podcast? Um, biggest way is on, it's on um, Apple, Apple Podcasts, it's on iHeartRadio. It's on Spotify, and you'd have to type in. We're still building our following right now. It's called the the Live Relentless Podcast, and you could put in my last name, so um, Ostrowski, O S T R O W S K I. That usually will get you there a little closer. Okay. Or if you go to my Instagram, which is the Doctor um, Doctor Sean Ostrowski, um, you can find links that okay. take you right to the podcast. Okay. But, and I'll definitely I'll put that link in the in the show notes for if you're interested yeah. in, in accessing their podcast because I've listened to the, I, I'm subscribed to it myself and I think you guys are doing it, which we've been kind of on this podcast journey too. Mm-hmm. We kind of started almost at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. which has been fascinating and an interesting thing to talk about. But well, realistically, anybody that wants to hear from me, if anybody's interested in hearing more from me, if that's something you desire to do, if not, I don't, I, I completely understand, but. If it's someone that if someone that wants to hear from me, I, I I tend to post most of my content on on Instagram. Okay. Um, I know the world's probably moving more to TikTok and stuff like that, but that's just where I'm at right now. A lot of my content goes to Instagram, pictures of my family, things like that. That's where it all goes. Okay. Podcast topics, whatever. I'll definitely I will post your Instagram. I can put and I'll put the a link to the podcast as well. But oh, cool. um, so I appreciate that. Just as we wrap up, we're we're. We're, it's been such a great conversation, but we're, we're getting close to time, um, or we're really at time. So I, I had, well, I want to talk about our recommendations, but before that, uh, it's not a game today, but I, for the, what I, I went online and I just found top five questions of thought frequently, some of the most frequently asked questions on the web for chiropractors, and we don't have time for all five, but I'll just kind of... Um, I'll be as quick as I can answering them. Yeah, we just make this a shotgun round because we're sure. really close on time, but... So I would say this one is, um, can chiropractic treatment be dangerous? Yes, going back to that intention. Yeah. If you're not careful. I mean, if you if you want to hurt somebody, you could. I don't know anybody that's doing that. It doesn't help your business. And that's one reason I tell people you do want to be very careful. You know? Yeah. But chiropractic are... shouldn't be dangerous. Yes. Not You shouldn't be scared of it. But I guess to answer that question bluntly, if, you're, if you have bad intention, if you're doing stuff that shouldn't, be done. I think people can feel the difference when when you're in my office. But yeah, I mean, it could be. I don't want to scare anybody away from potentially joining chiropractic care as long as you're going to the right place. It yeah. should never be dangerous. It should only add to your life. I love that. Yes, because they're just. I mean, there's some crazy people out there, man. And that's just I tell people. It's like you yeah. want to make sure you're doing. You don't want to again. You don't want to blindly do anything when it comes to your body, and that includes who you choose to to provide health health care health services. But. There's a reason why my malpractice insurance for the whole year is like $1,000 because we don't hurt people. Yeah. So I guess when you think about that, most malpractice insurances for medical doctors is a lot more than that. I like that. So something to be something to consider, but generally chiropractic is very safe, but you do need to be careful for that, yeah. that random off chance that you're dealing with a yeah. psychopath. Yes. So yeah. I like that. Um, so how long does it take to see, this is another one, how long does it take to see results from chiropractic care? It's another frequently asked question. 
In my office, you should start seeing results probably within the first four or six weeks. Um, Which I can attest to for myself, yeah. yeah. There's certain different types of techniques for chiropractic too, if you're using more of a, we've used more of a manual, I guess you would say higher force technique. We can use other techniques in our office too. I try to meet people where they're at, but we, I have some friends that are in Knoxville that use a very low force technique called TRT, still highly effective. I love getting adjusted TRT. It's more of an instrument adjustment. That might take a little longer if you have a significant low back issue, but it still gets there. So, yeah. And then the last, the, 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 a couple of you've actually already answered throughout the conversation, but the last one is, what are the most common um, treatments, things people come in for? Like, what are the most top, some of the top common... Um, like, like their complaints? Complaints, yeah. Like, what are the top, maybe top oh, yeah. three low things? Back pain, that, low back pain definitely is the top. Neck pain is, is definitely inching in there. Um, and then I would say probably headaches. Headaches, okay. Yes, that's, I like that. And for me, I mean, have I neck pain have headaches. Yeah, because I came in, ha- I had headaches a lot. I mean, I shouldn't say a lot. There's definitely people that have more headaches than I have, but that is something I, especially the optical migraines. I, yeah. I hate optical migraines. And yeah. for those of you that don't know, they're headaches that don't necessarily always hurt like headaches, but your vision can be highly obstructed and it's like almost like static on a TV screen comes into your vision and yeah. you become really nauseous and. Ah, that can be treated. Now, yeah. I, I saw that a lot less when I started getting chiropractic. But just, well, very cool, man. Well, those are the top three. Those are the, I wanted to just run through that. And then the last thing I want to touch on is I try to do this for every episode when possible is just recommendations. This is life recommendations. It could be anything related or unrelated to the conversation. Now, when you go first, unless I can go first, whichever one you want. Cold, uh, cold plunge. What is that? Cold plunging is probably the single most important thing you can do I think behind besides chiropractic to improve your overall health cold plunge is when you jump into into water or jump you sit into water like I have a freezer tub that I'm filling up with silicone to to fill all the cracks I'm getting a chiller and and put into it with a pump and a a filter system so I can keep it clean water and cold water that moves all the time but it should be 40 degrees or lower wow um and you get into it and it and it basically what it does is it, it 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 creates a metabolic shift in your body. There's a lot of reasons why you should do it, but a couple of the reasons that I'll get into the science are, you know, it increases longevity, hmm. it decreases dementia and Alzheimer's, it improves your brown cell metabolism, um, or I'm sorry, it improves the white, white fat cell metabolism so you have less visceral fat, and it increases brown fats, which is really, really good. Um, it increases your metabolism in general, it lowers your blood pressure, it, incre- it lowers your heart rate, um, and it gives you the ability to adapt to extreme, which is really cool because it helps your ability to, to fight stress. Um, it's insane. It's, it, you only have to do it. I do about three to five minutes a day, wow. 25 minutes every day. Um, I've been missing a few days here lately because I've been putting in a new system and my and my tank is really, really dirty right now. So I haven't gotten in it. But when I get my new one, it'll, it'll remove all the barriers, man. I can just get a controlled temperature all the time. You can buy these online too. You can buy them. Um, cold plunge is uh, really easy to find. It's just Google cold plunge and you can find them. Yeah, I'll actually link that in. I put the links yeah. to the to your recs. If you put that, send me a text. I'll put that in the show notes as yeah. well. But that's what I'll awesome. do is I'll, I'll send you the link to how to build your own. Yeah, it saves that. you money. It's about it's about $4,000 cheaper than buying like the really nice ones out I love there. That. Yeah. But it still has all the same comforts and it's just as good. Yeah, send me that. I'll put that in the link for sure. And then my recommendation completely different side of the spectrum but uh coal it's a bun coffee makers bun coffee maker and this is they do a lot of like most commercial coffee pots coffee makers coffee pots are bun b-u-n-n 
Uh-huh. But I have, it was, it was gifted to me as a housewarming present. It's a home bun coffee maker. And what's really cool about these, they're not cheap. They're like 120, 150 bucks. Okay. But what's really, really cool about this is I love quick coffee, but I also did, I used to have a Keurig, but I didn't like the Keurig. I just, yeah, me, about it. you know, they just don't give you the same fulfillment that like a hot, like a coffee, no, like don't, a coffee do real coffee maker does. But with the bun, the way it works is it always has um, two coffee pots full in, in the reservoir and it's always hot. You always keep it on. And then effectively what That's you do awesome. is you pour, you fill your coffee pot to whatever amount you want, half a pot, whole pot, whole pot. And then you pour, you pour that water, that cold water into the top of the, the coffee maker. And then when you close the lid to the, to the water reservoir, automatically within, within probably two seconds, hot water is pouring into your cop in your coffee carafe and you effectively it will make a full pot of coffee um in about two minutes that's all awesome. or less i mean it's just amazing so that you, does sound it's like, like something i need it's really awesome and it's it's basically the speed and, and uh, the speed and the convenience of a keurig but with the quality of an actual coffee maker i'll have to do that yeah because yeah right now i have to get up and like set it then i have to do it the night before i have to get the coffee pot all set which isn't like that big of a deal but so you still have to put the coffee in there. Yes, yeah, so. exactly the same. It's just with a coffee pot, it kind of has to heat up, and yeah. it takes it longer to make a whole pot. Whereas this, it's like you just put the coffee maker in it, the, uh, the coffee, awesome. the coffee grounds, and then the water. You close the lid, and within, I'd say, it may even be a minute. That's it may awesome. be for you. It may be a minute. You have a whole pot. You know, it's awesome. So that's that's my recommendation. Heck yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do that myself. Yeah, I love mine. I love mine. So, well, man, thank you, thank, thank Doctor Sean. Doctor Sean, thank you so much for doing this. And my pleasure. This has been absolutely delightful, and we we hit every nail on the head that I wanted to hit with this conversation in this term. So, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you at yes, the sir. at the at the practice pretty soon, man. Yes, sir. Cool, brother. See ya.